check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast on wearecalvin.com. I'm Damien Donahue, delighted to be joined by Paul Fitzpatrick here in studio, and we also have two guests on the show today. The Irish Independent and Belfast Telegraph reporter Declan Bogue and former Monaghan goalkeeper Shane Duffy. Uh, they'll be talking about the upcoming game between Cavan and Monaghan. But we're going to start our attention on this week's show by looking back at the arrival of the Dubs to Kingspan Brefty Park last Sunday. They brought colour, they brought atmosphere, they brought thousands of people, but they also brought home the two points, Paul. Yeah, they brought flat hat, <laughs> hats, flags, rosettes, and a headbands as well, and <laughs> yeah. air horns, and uh, all that kind of thing. Yeah. Traffic jams. Traffic jams. They were, uh, they were complaining on Twitter about getting stuck in traffic in Virginia. And you know what? Having been stuck on the M50 many a time, I, I said, hell, rub it up them, as we say, <laughs> as we say <laughs> around these parts. But yeah. I think that um, on Sunday evening, by the time we got finished and we did the reaction show in, in your uh, kitchen slash studio, and myself and Mickey Brennan got back to Virginia just when we got to Lisgrave House. If anyone knows that there's listening, we hit the traffic on Sunday evening. That was a half seven Sunday evening. Like the match was over from four, and at half seven the the traffic was still uh, backlogged as far as Lisgrave. We had to go in by by Coppina and around that way to get back into Virginia. So just goes to show like the numbers. On on last week's podcast we were saying, you know, would it be twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, maybe? And like Liam McCabe had said, eight to, to ten thousand, but he was wrong because I've looked it up since. He said that the biggest the biggest attendance for a National League game last year was 12,000, and I took him at his word. But I just looked up one game. Sure, Dublin and Kerry last year in the first round got 30,000 at Croker. So that's his, right. He, was getting, he had the wrong information, and he was probably... Was it a double header, or was it just a single? No, it was a, it was a, a single fixture. Header. Yeah, it was a single fixture yeah. on the lights in Croker, and it was 30,000. So Liam had had the wrong information there. Wherever so. he got it from. But but I know I was talking to a guard at, um, at the game just maybe an hour before throw-in, and he said that they had been told... Uh, uh, twelve to thirteen thousand. They were the guards were told to expect. That's what they were kind of in terms of their traffic management plan and all that. So probably a little bit caught out. But the big thing that that hasn't been mentioned is um, Cavan is almost a local derby now for the Dubs. The the Dubs play very few away games. Like there's there's years where they probably take out the O'Bourne Cup because they don't even play their first team in that anymore. But there's years where they might only play three away games the whole season yeah. because they might have four home games in the league and three away games. They haven't pay, played Mead in in uh, Navin in Donkey's years. Oh, who, who knows when they last played in Navin. They haven't played Wicklow in years and years anyway. When was the last time that Dublin played an away game at a closer venue than Breffney Park? As in, you know, 70 miles down the road. They're in yeah. the motorway most of the way. It's Cavan and Dublin is now a local derby. That's the mad thing. It's amazing. And the other side of it, if if it shows nothing to the GA, is that the Dubs like to travel. Jesus, they came and they came in numbers. Like even the estimate or the sorry, the the attendance of sixteen thousand one hundred and thirty three, I think it was. It was three hundred and something, yeah. Yeah. So it but looking at it, as as Colin Parkinson said the the official capacity of, of Kingspan Breffney Park is twenty five thousand. Where were you gonna fit eight more? Like there, there was not. There's no yeah. way. You I, I don't think it is 25 anymore. I think it's. I think it's around the 22 mark. Um, I, re- I remember hearing that uh, around the time of the international rules. It's. It, it was. It, it, no, it went down to 22, but it's back up. Oh, it's back up. It, it was it, because that was to do with fire safety stuff. And Kieran Callahan, to his credit, managed to to fire or 
solve all the issues that brought it has it brought back up now I think to 25 it was originally 32 you know yeah when it was built when it was built so it's 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 right down there now yeah it's mad. but like where where would you have fit you wouldn't have fit 8 more thousand in I don't know like, and again I don't know this from an official source or, or uh, do do kids who get in for free are they counted in I that think attendance they are. I, I was going to ask you that I, I've heard a lot of people saying when you add in the kids yeah. that were in for free it was 20,000 I think they do count I think it's every time the turn slide clicks that's that's where they get their attendance figure right right okay so I think but I'm not a, I don't, I'm not 100% sure on that but I, I think that's the case now but either I, way it was a wonderful occasion bar the actual result bar the result and we we, we talked about it at, at considerable length on the after match reaction show last week which is still on on the site there but um, yeah look the dubs held us at arm's length it was like a, it was like um Giant haystacks <laughs> in the rest of the ring when he's got his hand on the other fella's forehead and he's swinging and he can can't really land any blows when he lands some blows. So, look, that's the way that's the way I I looked at it. But you know, tomorrow or Sunday is another game, so we'll, we, I suppose we move on and talk about that. Yeah. Well, look at at the end of the day, the Dubs came, they conquered, and 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 they they left the trail right up the M three. But it was it was a great occasion. It was very much like championship and. And I suppose as as we got the mention, and uh, thanks to our friends on the second captain's podcast for uh, for for giving us a nice little plug there. But they do love the We Are Calvin podcast. Yeah, like six, over sixteen thousand, sixteen thousand three hundred. Atmosphere looked brilliant. It wasn't what I was expecting to be honest when I turned on League Sunday for the first time. Yeah, in the spring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, uh, I was listening to the We Are Calvin podcast last week on because You're never off that that's, bloody podcast. That's the kind of guy I am. Uh, and I did get the feeling that uh, they were rather excited about the prospect of the Dubs coming to. Well, they're back in Division One. So thanks a million to Kieran Murphy and uh, Owen McDevitt. Owen McDevitt. We were, we were rather excited, as Mark said. <laughs> I suppose we were, Damien, in fairness. But then it wouldn't be like us to get overexcited about a football match. No, it wouldn't be. Out of character. <laughs> I think we met up for breakfast about three hours before the game. I think we did <laughs> indeed. But we'll be looking ahead. We will be looking to meet up for an early breakfast we're going to be in Castle Blaney though when you hear the air attack warning you and your family must take cover a Monaghan derby is as big a derby as you can possibly get yeah I know I'm walking in Dublin at the minute so thank God I'm up that end of the country because it'll save me head to be melted now listening to people around Sherbrooke and, and Mara Clune and Kingscote and different places like that you know Between Monon and Gavin, there's a serious rivalry, and there's an awful lot to talk about and so on. And I suppose there's, there's an awful fear of losing there in a way. You know? So it's local derby time, Paul. Cavan against Monaghan. You're from a border town. You know, you, you have Monaghan not too far away from you, is in Red Hills there. The lads from Corrin, good friend of Cavan, Dick Clark, and only over the hill from you. <laughs> you. You couldn't you couldn't ask for a bigger game to be the second game. Yeah, I know Monaghan inside out, Damien. I played a, a year of national school football for St. Enders and Scots House. We played down in Ahabog and Stonebridge and Corcahan, all these uh, high stone, quality, stony grey soil of Monaghan. I know it all. <laughs> I sat on benches <laughs> all over <laughs> South Mona. You had great views of, of football fields. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, look, at, um, it's a big one down around Red Hills. and We could hear Killian Clark on, on the, your piece of audio there uh, talking about what it's like in in Shercock and Maraclun and Kingscourt and all those areas. It's it's a big one around around Red Hills because we've got to right on, right on our doorstep and there'll be great slagging. Um, 
and you know the last five games between Cavan and Monaghan there's been very little between them I think the last five games you know you're, you're talking even in, in the McKenna Cup the last two championship games has been a point in it we drew in the McKenna Cup last year and Cavan had a couple of three and four point wins in, in McKenna Cup games as well so very little between it the width of a ticket stub is how we put it in the, in the paper this week and it always gets a crowd as well uh, I think we owe them one I think we I think they've really crushed Cavan I, I, I honestly believe that the team that Terry built was was um, came very close but that team is not gone it's not been dismantled but it's been fragmented new fellas are coming in we still have the spine of, of Terry's team but there's a lot of new fellas coming in and if they're gonna get if they're gonna get over the line, they need to get a, a win against Monaghan because Monaghan really broke their hearts, especially in 2015. 2013 was bad enough, but Cavan were, were new to it that time and and had the consolation of making a quarter final after it got something out of their season. 2015 was a killer, a real killer. Four points up with a few minutes to go, mm. lost that game, and at home and everything. At home and everything, you know that was that was just a killer, and Cavan should have won an Ulster title in the last two years. In my opinion, I think we should have. The, the panel was there. If you look at the panel that was there last year, you had Givney, you had Mackey flying, you had Johnston, you had McEnroe, you had Keating. Every fella that that was there was fit. Yeah, yeah, like the best footballers in Cavan were on that panel, going well. They were fit. Barred a Givney injury in the championship, we, we didn't get any bad injuries. Last year was a big chance, but there was always probably going to be a drop off. It's the four-year cycle that Jim McGuinness talks about. It's four. It's four years now since 2013 when they made a quarter final. Um, so Cavan need to learn fast. They're back up in Division One with a lot of new players, and what better, better way to get the ball rolling than to actually get a win over Monaghan? It'd be absolutely mighty. We see. We heard. Uh, we we heard from um, Matty Midlene and build up to the previous few games, and he seemed to be talking positive. He he talks a, a very attacking game of football. It it wasn't that attacking against Dublin, but. That's the right way to set up against the dubs, there's no doubt. Would you expect a different style this weekend? Um No, I, I wouldn't. I think that that's the way he went out against the dubs. Okay, Monaghan and Dublin are, are different it's a different ball game playing against Monaghan, but I Matty Medina has sent out some conflicting messages and things that he has said so far. Like he said that whoever's got the jersey has got the jersey and they're gonna hold on to it. Um and that wasn't the case in the McKenna Cup when we were knocked out of the McKenna Cup fair enough that was only the McKenna Cup uh, he talked about playing this attacking style and we played pretty defensively at times against Dublin so he talked about that the National League was the priority and then uh, afterwards and other people in the camp were saying openly that the Championship was the priority and after the Dublin game he admitted it was so he's he playing his cards pretty close to his chest like it's early days you know, I'm not saying that negative about yeah, him he's, but he's having everybody looking at the left while the right is coming to hit you man. <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that's it yeah that's it maybe it, it'd be interesting but we caught up with uh, a reporter with the Irish Independent um, and uh, Belfast Telegraph uh, Declan Bogan he gave us his views on the Cavan Monaghan game Cavan and Monaghan a big local derby at the weekend um, you know, I suppose it's something similar to your own county playing against Cavan, but the Cavan Monaghan in Division One, it is a big game for both. Yeah, it's a it's a massive task for both of them. Um, certainly, uh, one team going into it is a little bit more to prove than the other. Uh, Monaghan's win over Mayo down in, in uh, Gasper Bar last weekend was such a fill up for them uh, that they could be looking. You know, for two more wins that may keep them up in Division One, which is all really 
probably that interested in given that it doesn't really go to semi-finals anymore. Uh, Calvin have a lot to prove. Um, they're unfortunate in some way to draw Dublin, to get Dublin round one. And you could almost see that a lot of players were nearly panicking their way into fouls against the Dubs. Now, some people say the Dubs never really need to get a second gear. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, so much that, from what I could see, the game was shaped by nearly a manic intensity or, or, or a nervousness then that, that it crossed over from intensity into nervousness from the Calvin players. And uh, I'm sure they'll be, be looking forward now to, to getting their teeth into modern, of course. Yeah. Uh, the fact the game is in Blaney, does it take away or add to it? Possibly add to it because there's going to be a different atmosphere than there would have been in Clonus, that's for sure. Yeah, like it, Castle Blaney, we're here in attendance or the, the capacity is is between eight and 9,000 and it's not beyond the realm of possibility that that could be sold out because it's not just a local derby, but it's a local derby in top flight football for the first time in I don't know how many years. But it's uh, looking looking back and, and the bits that you did see of the Cavan Dublin game, just when you do touch on it, the nervousness that was there. Cavan does the seven points flatter Dublin or flatter Cavan? The, the difference between the sides, would you say? You never know what. <laughs> You, you can always end up. I'll give you an example. Uh, Kerry Dublin semi finals, I think it was the classic semi final, was it, of, of 2014, where the Gooch became the centre forward for the first time. I, I, I could be incorrect yeah, right, the year. I, I could right be out. But, but I mean, both those teams held into extra time, neck and neck. I think it might have been even, even, you know. Uh, before McMahon flicked on that ball, or Michael Dar McCauley flicked on McMahon and who got the goal. I think that margin that point, that game ended up being six or seven points, six or seven points in the end. Uh, and it was a similar thing for the league final that year, I think, against Tyrone, whereby it may have been a point nip tuck, and all of a sudden, like a, a scoring burst from, from Dublin made it a six, seven point game in the end. So, if it's a consistent game where the Dubs sort of have the lead all the way through, well, then you're wondering, you know, did they didn't need that that last, you know, push over the cliff for the last five minutes. But, you know, when we talk about extra time or injury time now, that, you know, given this 20 seconds per sub, that the game's actually slightly changed. Where, like, I mean, from on and down last Saturday night, the game was over. It was, it was dreadful stuff, like, for the last few minutes from a down perspective. And then, the referees official holds up the, the extra time and there's six minutes left in the flat. Like, you know, the injury times now is becoming a lot longer. Yeah. So did it flatter Dublin? Ach, no, it didn't. Let let's be honest. I mean you know, not even the staunchest Calvin man can say that, that margin flattered them. Uh, and Dublin are just more just as capable of putting another seven on the scoreboard and you wonder that if that was like round seven of the league in the last game and everyone pushing for championship bases just how it might have ended up yeah it's possible like it, I, I think the 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 overall with, with time and as you say the most staunchest of Cavan supporters which you're probably talking to them wouldn't wouldn't agree to the flatter Dublin but where what did you see from it that Cavan could take as a positive that where where were the players that were fit to play at that sort of level to an extent they're all fit. I mean they're there no, there's no bad footballers on, on most of those county teams now. You know, I mean, you don't get to Division One uh, with having bad footballers. They're all capable. It's just about gaining experience at that level. I mean, you know, 
don't forget, like, it's Division 1 game against Dublin. Like, I mean, talk we've been thrown into the deep end, like, sort of like of a nail McDermott or, you know, any of those players, like, you know, John McCutcheon, like, you know, that himself that looked sort of half nervous throughout it. Like, you know, that's a big game. The entire, the TG Cahar are coming, everybody's coming, it's a full house Bradley Park, and you're still only in the first weekend in February. Like, you know, I mean, you got it. And Manny McLean also. He has to gain a wee bit of experience managing at this level too. You know, it's it's not that they you're just not up to it. It's just about getting levels of uh, levels of organisation, getting structures against an extremely accomplished and organised. And look at how far down the road they are, Dublin. I mean, 30 games unbeaten in the league and championship. You know, that's astonishing. You know, I think I've seen a stat earlier on Twitter, and it could be wrong again. I'm not great at numbers, Damien, but. I'm great in sentiment. I think Kilkenny's longest run that they went unbeaten in the League and Championship was something was either 10 or 11. And given that Hurland's so much of a more, it's probably an narrower field. Yeah, Dublin 30 games is just, it's breathtaking. And nothing changes with them. And Jim Galvin doesn't get more excited. He doesn't get less excited. He just is the same. They do the same. So, I. Uh, Fit to play at that level, of course. Any team that come up against Dublin and are beaten by whatever it is, then you know nothing's expected of them. Yeah. So uh, you can't, you can't, and especially the first couple of rounds. So Calvin will be all right. I mean, this game here is just one of those games where, if you remember back to 2013, both teams were in Division Three. It was Malachy's first year. Nothing was expected of Monaghan because they were they were quite. On Miriam Magalini, a couple of successive two relegations in a row. And Calvin were only really getting their act together on the ferry for his first year, first proper year uh, after the, the, the sort of heave against Bob. Uh, and there were two teams that were at a serious low. But do you recall that game was fight for cards on the night? Conor Bonnet and uh, Desi Moan and, and, and Gavin Dugan, I think, was the third one from Monaghan. And uh, that cost them. And Calvin held Monaghan to five points that day, if you recall. That's, that's, that's the right. same Monaghan team that went on to win the Ulster title later on in the year. Yeah. Calvin so, won quite convincingly that. that yeah, well, I mean, if, that's, if you're going to talk about games that take on a life of their own, yeah. I mean, you know, that, that was certainly one. And this one has the potential to do exactly the same. And uh, two Calvin points are not out of the question whatsoever. No way are they. And they. Uh, and by the same, you just by the same token, you wonder how much. Uh, even though it was a bit of a blow losing to Dublin and all week at the weekend, uh, did it take anything out of Calvin? No, I, I don't imagine it will have taken anything out of their self belief or what they're about. Um, I just wonder how much that kind of really ferocious game that that Mullen did down Castle Bar might might affect them. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see because it's probably a matter of uh, of of confidence on one side being extremely high going to Castlebar picking up a, a convincing win for Monaghan and then on the other side being beat by seven points by, by Dublin at home in front of a, a big huge crowd which was more like a championship atmosphere and the pace of the first half of that game was, was definitely more like a championship game than anything but I suppose put your, put your neck on the line Declan who do you see winning the game? Just see Monaghan. Uh, just, the, just, just for the sheer, sheer sake of like you know, they know the message of the manager. You know, it's very difficult for Monty coming in there and Calvin and 
especially with uh, some of the major players saying, no, I've not played about for a year. Like, you know, Monaghan know what they have. Uh, to a large extent, Malachi O'Rourke has managed transition of players beautifully. I mean, you know, even when he took over in his first year, another manager might have been tempted to say to the Dick Clarkins and Paul Finley's no boys um, we'll, we'll go without you and to think they played four years on like you know Dick Clarkins yeah. and, and Finley played four years when when you know let's be honest some people would have, would have decided to go a different way and, and, and get younger men that they could put their stamp on you know Rourke was able to do that and in the meantime he's nurtured the like of a I know Jack McCarron's injured. He won't be about for most of this year. Like, but Conor McCarthy, I mean, I caught him up at the Sigerson game the other day playing for UCD. Like, what a talent he is. Like, he is the new Paul Finney, really. Like, you know, he's, he's cultured. He's a great finisher. He's a great creator. Uh, Colin Walsh has emerged as a real leader. Darren Hughes has matured to the point where he's, he, he's just, you, would, you wouldn't think of using him in another position in midfield. Kieran mm-hmm. Hughes, although, you know, one of the most entertaining Gaelic footballers there is in the game because he's liable to do absolutely anything with the ball. But, you know, he'll do a job for them in midfield and, and he sort of felt that nobody would, would want to mark. I just think that they know his message and know what's expected of him and uh, there's unity of purpose. And also, did uh, Calvin have the one man marker that could restrict Conor McManus? I'm not so sure. That's, that's an enormous task and he is... Uh, I, I go along with the Monaghan boys last year when they say he's the best in the game. I, I don't see any different. I don't see any better. Certainly, in, in, in you know, there's a lot of talk about the potential of James O'Donoghue a couple of years ago, but how good he gave me with injuries has held him back. Certainly, it's restricted him, and I just don't see any finisher in the game quite at McManus's stature right now. Yeah, yeah. But then O'Donoghue was just a, a one-trick pony, wasn't it? As Martin McHugh really uh, <laughs> You're wrong. He said two trick ponies. Two no, trick, he said two Gooch, trick. Gooch, Gooch, Gooch was a two trick pony. That's what that, it was. That was it. He it's said the donor who he really don't who higher than the a two trick pony. And 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 how wrong he was. But uh, look at Declan. Thanks very much for for taking the call here on the We Are Travin podcast. And uh, I suppose best of luck to Fermanagh against Galway. If you take two points there in Brewster Park, you'll be one happy camper. Are they? They certainly have the appetite for it, and they certainly have the only purpose. Another thing about Fermanagh that uh, the player Paul McCusker was brought out to speak to the media there last Saturday, and he pointed out that, you know, and this is something about smaller counties who exceed their expectations, is Fermanagh got to the Iron Quarter Final in 2015, and then he ended up playing a league final game for his club Adderney against Derry Army on the 12th of December. By that stage, then, the amount of Adderney players and Derry Honda players on the Fermanagh County panel, like, you know, they were getting back in the pre-season training then two months too late, and they weren't able to do their gym work. Uh, so, in 2016, they were nearly punished because they weren't quite as developed as they had been in 2015, and certainly not as this year. So, they're very strong. They're very energetic. I mean, they've, they've uh, invested a lot, and they, they just give off a vibe of a, a team that are enjoying the football. Now, uh, Galway are going to be very motivated and very, um, you know, hard to break down because they've, they've had to become pragmatic, let's just yeah. say, but Southern teams don't like to use that, it, it, that other expression to get them a blanket. Yeah. But, but from on in Brewster Park, I think they've been defeated there once over the last two years. It's, it's an astonishing record, so if they can keep that going, they'll be well on the way of 
certainly of, of surviving in Division 2, but I mean, that's, that's not what they're after. They're after promotion. Yeah, and, and, and in typically cabin fashion, I, I, I'll remind you who beat you in Brewster Park. You don't have to, you don't have to see I have it. no idea. I can't, I can't recall it. Declan, we'll definitely talk to you before the first round of the Ulster Championship in Cavanagh from Anna will be clashed and we'll get your opinions on that. But thanks very much for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you very much, Dave. Good luck. Kieran Callahan Electrical. Shine a light on your future. Check out www.callahanelectrical.ie or phone 049-43-3011. Kieran Callahan Electrical. So, Paul, that's the wise words of Declan Bogue. He's a... Uh, as he said there himself, he might be good at maths, but he's very good at writing. <laughs> he's very good. The three R's they call it, isn't it? Re- reading, writing, and arithmetic. <laughs> but I think he's very good at the writing anyway, I'll give, give him that. Yeah. But Allegedly, he's good at reading too. Yeah, you know, he's fully literate, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. He's a good judge of the game, uh, Declan is. And um, I always like him that he doesn't give Cavan the credit to deserve, but... Uh, I knew he was going to tip Monaghan, I have to say. But look, at, I haven't seen the odds, but you'd have to say Monaghan are favourites. Yeah, well, actually, Paddy Power has Monaghan 4-7, to seven, Cavan 7-4. That's, so that's big, big, that's big. That's big odds, like, in fairness. And, and I suppose open and round games would dictate that. Like, you can see where they're coming from, too. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Like, um, was there enough? Did Cavan show enough against Dublin to suggest that they can beat Monaghan? Maybe. Like, it's again, it's hard to judge because... You know, anything you do against Dublin, you say, right, we're holding it up against, we're holding it up against the standard bearers here so we can see where we're at. But that wasn't Dublin. You know what I mean? That wasn't the Dublin we've seen ripping up in league and championships the last couple of years. That was Dublin just coming back from a holiday, um, probably not having extended themselves in the off-season. Uh, missing Brogan, Connolly, Flynn, you know, McConnell, or, sorry, O'Carroll, all these, all these fellas. So The question is, where do they slot in? Yeah. Who do you take out? You know, like there, it, it is a fair argument to say that Dublin's second fifteen is every bit as good as their first. Mm. You know, and there's no, there's no. Uh, well, it's definitely, it's definitely a good argument to say that it's every bit as good as any other first fifteen out there. Yeah, yeah, you know, definitely. Probably their their reserve team. Well, you know, would, would, it be the, the would it be the second best team in Ireland? They're yeah. Dublin's second team. Oh, yeah, there's a strong, strong. It's definitely case the second best team in Leinster, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it it just goes to show looking. Looking ahead, I suppose again, um, like last weekend, Shani Johnson looked the lone figure up front, trying to get himself away, a wee bit of space to to get shots away or, or even to get on ball. It looked very very hard for him because Cavan only playing with two forwards, and even when they got the ball and were faced by a mass Dublin defence, there wasn't lads running from deep to get in and support Shani or Niall McDermott inside. There was literally those two options and two sweepers from Dublin sitting in front of them and then a wall of Dublin jerseys just stopping Cavan around the middle toward. So Cavan maybe need to adjust that in some way because Shawnee scored three spectacular points um, you know, from open play, two, two frees on top of that. But you can't rely on him to be able to do that all the time. No different Dan Monaghan can't rely on Conor McManus to be able to do that all the time. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And Monaghan have been over reliant on Conor McManus, and I, I, I would hate to think that Cavan would become over reliant on one forward. Like uh, Shawnee Johnston had a great game against the Dubs, and if he had to go more ball to him. He was, he definitely was doing that damage. Hit the upright on another occasion as well. It was unlucky. Mm. I'm going to throw it out there, Damien. Do you know who I'd like to see played in in there beside Johnston? Joe Dillon. Right. Uh, Joe Dillon is a powerful, aggressive player who could be a brilliant foil for Johnston. 
Like he, he, mm. he's, he'd be a nightmare to mark for any fullback. I've always been a impressed. A bundle with him. of energy. Ah, a bundle of energy. A ball winner. Um, good peripheral vision can lay the ball off and is a goal threat himself like he can bust an edge if he gets half a chance I'd love to see Dylan put in there I still think there's a place on the team for, for someone like Niall McDermott as well but I always thought McDermott played better football further out the field um, just just on, on an interesting point I know we're not going to go on all day on today's podcast but um, I was I was as much as we'd like to <laughs> I was having a conversation with Mickey Hannon who always gets a mention on the podcast and he reminded me that that myself and himself had an argument way back in 2011 about which of the the teams that won also that year, the minors or the under 21s, um, would potentially produce more senior intercounty players. And I said the under 21s. I was kind of making the point way back then that the minors have come out of nowhere, won this off the back of the under 21 momentum, you know, feel good factor, and they just kind of go over the line. They lost the quarter final, whereas the under 21s went on and got to the All Ireland final. Um, you know, beat the Leinster champions. Turns out he was right. He was right. Um, if you look, just looking at the team last week, nine of that under of that minor team are on the senior panel at the minute, which is incredible. Nine, nine of those lads. So, um, off the top of my head, you've got um, Brian Sankey and Killian Clark who are in the full back line. You've got the entire half back. No, line. Brian Sankey's not on the panel. Is he not? So I've heard now again. I hope I'm not dropping. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but somebody said to me that that himself and Peter McCabe were were left off the panel there just after the mechanical didn't know that I know Brian went off uh, travelling for a few weeks um, ok see maybe now maybe that's 2 and 2 being made up into f- 17 so yeah. we'll not take that as gospel yeah I'm not sure I know Brian was gone travelling for a few weeks he was in okay. Asia or somewhere like that but um, anyway he was, to- he was on a a few weeks start, yeah. yeah so you had Killian and Brian you had the whole half back line of that minor team which was mine in at 6 and um, Kieran Brady, Brady and Jerry, Jerry Smith. Smith you had Buchanan and Argue um, I know Paul Graham was midfield but Buchanan and Argue were around, around there you had Darren McFeedy you had Joe Dillon nine, nine fellas was incredible and Conor Finney was on the panel last year an amazing return of that minor team whereas the, the, the senior team the only fellas of the senior team uh, of the under-21 under team in 2011 who played against Dublin was Garoja McCarran and Niall McDermott Niall Murray is on the panel as well, um, and there there are there are one or two. Jack Brady's on the panel; he's injured, but really that four, that, yeah, I think there might be one more. There, oh, Torlock Mooney's on the panel; he came on that year, but there's, so there's only the five of them. But it's amazing that 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 minor team is really backboned. They they backboned. The, what does that tell you? That tells you that that. Um, we we it we managed one or two things that the we, minor team was full of quality, or the on the twenty one team then was was industrious. So, you know, as in, or maybe tell, that's the same point. Maybe, yeah, yeah. The quality does. maybe prevails over over hard work in the long run. And so, what what it, what it all, what it also says is that um, why has the breakthrough not come for Cavan yet? What Hannon says was. The breakthrough didn't come because we've been w- waiting for the breakthrough since 2012. We're, we're winning these under 21. 2013, we have to win our third one in a row. But the fact of the matter is, forget about the Garage McCarran's team because it only has produced a couple of lads. What The team that's producing senior players is that minor team from 2011. So they were all, so a lot of them were on the edge the following year, like Kieran Brady, Jerry Smith, Liam Buchanan. Argue. So. Um, the, the, we've been looking for lads of 17 or 18 who are potentially were going to be the ones to make the breakthrough so we're, we're now six years on from that and the lads of 17 are 23 and now you're seeing them hitting their stride like Jerry yeah. Smith McVitie all that it's a pity we didn't have the continuity of the older lads 
uh, the likes of the Givneys of this world. But I do think um, I, I'm going on the big ta- tangent here. But I, I think it's in, very interesting that that when you look at it, we shouldn't be getting impatient that the breakthrough hasn't come because it really was that core group, that nine, rather than you know we're winning under twenty one after under twenty one. But there was a, there was enough little lads won two and three medals that were that were it was that nine or ten minors of 2011 yeah. who really backboned the, f- the the final three on the 21s yeah it's very true it's definitely very true going back on to the the the, the Cavan Monaghan game I caught up with uh, Shane Duffy former Monaghan goalkeeper um, a little bit earlier on Shane I suppose there's there's nothing like derbies and, and in league games they're they're usually exciting Championship games are obviously more exciting but this is Division 1 league so it's as close as you get to Championship yeah, I think it is more of a championship feel about it, and to be honest with you, it's really, there's a lot at stake, I think, for, for both parties, even though we're only in the second or third week of February, I think that there's certainly a lot at stake with a, with a potential relegation battle in the offering, I think probably more so maybe for Calvin having lost last weekend, so slight upper hand for us going in with a, with a win under our best from a modern perspective, certainly, uh, but it's it's going to be a pure war of attrition, uh, I think it's going to be a battle, there's going to be a lot of sparring at the at the at the outset to find out uh well find out a little bit more about weak spots and things like that. But uh, yeah, looking forward to it immensely. Yeah, it should be. I suppose you've you've a lot of experience of playing in the derbies and coming from Mahara Clune, yeah, you're right on the border there. You know, what are what are derbies between Cavan and Monaghan like? Is it the biggest one for Monaghan? Yeah, without doubt. And it's hard to avoid it. Um certainly being married to a Calvin woman it makes it even more pressing on my part at all. But certainly it's uh <laughs> It's, it's a well-worn track for us. Um, it's something I think, you know, certainly from a Division 1 point of view, it's, it's probably quite unique for Monaghan and Calvin to be playing in such a, well, a game that there's so much at stake. Um, you know, I suppose over the years we've had a fairly healthy rivalry. Um, certainly in recent times we, we potentially probably had the upper hand somewhat. Um, you know, there's going to be we no quarter given this weekend. It's very much a 50-50 battle. Form will very much go out the window. Not that there has been much of that up to date. It's hard to illustrate. Um, but this weekend, it's literally going to be you know a 50-50 battle from the outset and few duels now that I'm looking forward in particular. Yeah, yeah. Looking looking back just maybe to last weekend, impressive win opening day away to Mayo. Had Monaghan lost by a couple of points, there's nobody would have bat an eyelid. Yeah, I think we were very much up for that game with the looks of it. Um, certainly very, very physical, very dominant in the tackle. Um, I'm very impressed with Mona now. They really came out of the traps very quickly. And uh, they gave themselves a good foundation to build off. Um, they didn't give Mayo much room. There wasn't, there was very little breathing space for them up, for, up front, in particular for Lex and O'Connor. Um, so, yeah, very impressive. Very, very impressive. Very yeah. diligent in their, in their tackling as well. Yeah, and it's something that that seems to be so vital in in the modern game now. The referees are they're trying their best to to create a a defined tackle, but in local derbies, maybe tackles are 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 let go a wee bit because you know everybody knows that there's there's a bit more anticipation to it. So you know the the, the capacity I believe in 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 Castleblaney somewhere around eight to nine thousand. That's going to create an atmosphere that's that you know put it in clonus and you wouldn't notice it in the place. But yeah. when it's a packed house in Castleblaney, it'll add to the whole occasion. I think it will. I think it definitely will. And um, because it's you know Castleblaney pitches, it's sort of in a hollow, so the crowd is very much on top of you. So it's going to create a cauldron type atmosphere. 
Um, definitely looking forward to it and it'll just kind of close the pitch in that little bit more so there's going to be very little space out there for players Where's the winners going to come from Monaghan other than Conor obviously I, well obviously I think it's team effort I think that obviously there's a lot of focus on Conor and rightly so but you know I think you can't underestimate the amount of work that's done just behind the scenes before Conor gets his hands on the ball because you know the, the physicality that Monaghan brings to, to the table you know Calvin will know when they're on the attack, that as soon as they reach the Monaghan 45-yard line, that they're going to be hit with a very, very well-structured defensive wall. Um, and it's not just the defensive team at the midfield when they bring in the two Hughes, the likes of Gavin Dugan and Lanza that that chipped in very, very well last week. Those are guys that have been there for, for quite some time. They know how it works. It's a well-worked system. It's well-structured. And, you know, they turn over the ball quite well. Having said that, there's a lot of kind of fresh faces with, with Cav and the legs of Young Smith coming through. I think there's potential to open that up a little bit more. So it's a, it's a battle I'm looking forward to. Uh, but I think Monaghan's key area is their, is their teamwork and uh, their ability to get the ball to McManus, isolate him a little bit and, and you know, beat the productivity. Um, but equally, I think it's fair to say that Cav have probably a well-structured plan at this stage, although Matty McLean is only maybe finding his feet a little bit. I think he's got a lot to work with. And there's players that have been there for quite some time as well, as some of the newer players coming through. And they are attack-minded. I think it's fair to say certainly that's Matty McLean's template is to, is to attack and very much put pressure on up the field as opposed to sitting back. Um, and I think they, they'll get scores. They'll get scores. I think it'll be a good test for them this weekend. I think the, maybe the Dublin defence last weekend may be a little bit more open. Um, the Monaghan defence will be a lot tighter, so it'll be an interesting battle. Yeah, it, it, it was quite interesting actually to watch firsthand, and, and maybe the, the the perception is out there that Dublin are are open and, and man for man, but now it, it possibly was facilitated by the fact that Cavan had big numbers back, so all they needed was an extra two bodies in front of the Calvin full forward line mm. and they still were only playing with five defenders but mm. it, it looked very defensive as well but you mentioned Matty Medlin in there. It, there there's, there's never been probably a Calvin manager that knows Monaghan football as well which should be an advantage I think so um, I, I definitely think so and I think he's going to know obviously you know the Scots players quite well but He's been he's been around the block in Monaghan for quite some time. I'd say arguably he knows more about Cal- Monaghan football than he does about Calvin at this moment in time. Yeah. Um, so I think he's going to have a very very good indication of each individual player, their strengths and weaknesses. And I have no point, no doubt that he's pinpointing every single one of them all week to his players. Yeah, trying to trying to use every every bit of an advantage. I Absolutely. suppose it's uh, it's 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 an obvious question, but it's one that has to be asked. How do you see the game going? Give us a call. Yeah, I think um, without question it's going to be tight. As I said, it's not. Um, it's going to be, it will be a war of attrition. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's. It's. Uh, There's going to be very little quarter given by either side. I think realistically, I think I'm hoping, obviously, um, my man and hat on that our kind of experience and our, our pace of fitness might see us through at the end. But there's certainly no guarantees, and I'm hoping for a very, very tight. Certainly within three points. I don't have any question about that either way. Um, and I just hope we're the right side of the result. Good stuff. Well, Shane, thanks very much for taking the time to talk to us here on the We Are Cavan no podcast. And look, we'll, we'll talk to you one way or the other after the game. We'll not fall out. <laughs> Absolutely. Cheers. All the best. Thanks, Shane. Romar Energy offer the best energy solutions for your home and business. We offer A-rated condensing boilers for gas and oil, solar thermal water heating systems and cost-effective systems for generating heat. 
So if you want us to help you cut your fuel bill by 50%, check out romarenergy.ie. Romar Energy, working towards a greener planet. So that's our two guests, Paul, both back in Monaghan. I suppose one of them being a Monaghan man, you can't blame him. Uh, the other being a Fermanagh man who would hate see Cavan doing well, Declan. <laughs> but it's uh, it, it it seems to be the bookies, our guests, Cavan are underdogs again this weekend. They're underdogs for a reason, yeah. There won't be much in it. Um, and Matty Medina has been ultra positive so far. Uh and he he met a lot of positive comments after the Dublin game, which to be honest, I was a wee bit disappointed with. I would have rather him. I, we don't know what he's saying behind behind the four walls of the dressing room. Yeah, he seems to say different things to media than is coming out because we heard he was going to attack Dublin and he was going to go man for man, and we were hearing all these phrases coming out from the camp. And to be honest, in the week building up the Dublin game, I was worried because I thought if you go out and attack Dublin like that, they're just going to tear you apart. But so. What he's saying to to the media and what he's actually saying behind closed doors seem to be two different things. Yeah, well, I hope that's the case because you wouldn't hear Mickey Hart or Jim McGuinness. These are managers who have masterminded big breakthrough wins or Gerard O'Connor or any of these managers who mastermind a big breakthrough, which is the hardest star of a title to win. And you know that from Killing Care last year. He came so close to it. But I guarantee you, if you lost a game last year by seven or eight points, you wouldn't be telling the media after the game, brilliant, absolutely brilliant, exciting, big crowd. You know, he needs to be saying... To hell with everyone else. We're trying to win. We don't care. We don't want a big crowd and and, and roll over and play dead and lose with seven points to Dublin. Like we want to go out and, and tear into them. So this you'd be hoping that there be no there's gonna be none of this brilliant, great to take part. This is why you play football on Sunday. There was a few other things that, that I heard coming out from the weekend's game where uh down to down to small details, but the Dublin team, Dublin not not releasing it. Obviously, the home team has to create the program, and usually it's created on the Wednesday or at very latest on Thursday for for the game on on the Sunday. And Dublin didn't give the Cavan uh, camp the team until I think it was Friday mid morning. So it was very very late coming through. Even when they got down into Cavan, the Cavan team always have to do their warm up on the back pitch, come in, and then they go out for. 10 minutes or whatever before the game. Dublin team were allowed to do their entire warm-up on the field, uh, on the main field. They didn't have to use the backfield at all. Like, at the end of the day, right, granted, they're all Ireland champions and, and fair play to them and hats off to them. But why are we giving them treatment that we're not giving our own? I didn't know that. Why would you roll out the red carpet for them? Yeah, that's yeah. mad. That's mad. We, we can't be a welcoming place to come. We have to be the place to come. A cauldron, man. Absolutely. A cauldron. You, you think it, the Dublin team, as good as they are, look at, look at the fixture list and see Casa Blaney or Clonus or Inneskeen and go... Mm. That'll be that'll be a one. Well, that'll be a good atmosphere. Host, like host they're going to say, "Oh, jeez, we have to go to Monaghan. It could be pissing rain, and that is going to be a horrible afternoon. And we'll have to do well to get out of there with something." That's yeah. a big difference. Like, but uh, in terms of the, the game itself, like people say, stop McManus and you and you stop Monaghan, and that's true to a massive extent. I don't think there's any other team, a successful team that has won a couple of Ulsters and competed very well. As reliant as any player. Yeah, not since the mid-90s. Not since Tyrone and Canavan in the mid-90s. Or maybe Kerry and Morris Fitz around 97, 98, as Calvin knows who well. There hasn't been a team as dominant or as, as as successful, winning provincial titles and stuff like that, as reliant on one man. But what you also have to stop is the mon and a half back line. Like the likes of Darren Hughes, Carol O'Connell, Colin Walsh, Neil McAdam to an extent, um, Finta Kelly sometimes, although he's playing full-back this year. 
they drive forward. They're, they're unbelievable runners, especially Hughes and those lads. They drive forward. And it's like we talked about before with, with Kieran Brady. If a fella comes at you at that kind of pace, what are you going to do when you foul him? It's very hard to stop a big, strong fella coming at you at pace. And if you foul uh, any morning player, anywhere near the goals, McManus puts it over the bar. And yeah. that's that's what Kevin are going to have to watch. If if we give away 12 frees, McManus could score 10 of them. Yeah, very, very important that, all right. The, the other point being, and, and, and it is the one lesson that I would love to see the Cavan lads learn all too often, and I don't like pointing out people, but I, I do feel on this occasion it has to be, you had players bringing in the ball into the challenge. Now, I don't mind a man taking on his own direct opponent if it's a one-on-one situation, but... Grodin McKiernan came on and he tried to take on four Dublin players. Conor Mine and Dara McVitie repeatedly done that during the game and were turned over and didn't seem to learn from it. And yet you saw Dublin, the best team in the country, probably the best team of our generation, bar they had a one-on-one, they would not take the ball into the challenge. And they'd move the ball at speed, they'd stretch the defence out till they create the one-on-one and then they take it on. Like... Players of the experience of Grodin McKeown and Darren McVitie, Connor Miner, should not be making that mistake. If they make it once against the Dubs, that should be once is enough to learn from it and move on. It's 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 like Bush's fa- famous uh, "fool me once, shame on what uh, fool me." Uh, <laughs> won't, get, won't get fooled you again. Know, <laughs> won't get fooled again. Exactly. But we did. Yeah. We got fooled umpteen times in the game and by players that you'd expect better from. Not lads making their debut. Lads that have been playing for Cavan seniors for two and three and four years. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's a good point. Like, and you know, the, the, uh, having said that Dublin were were in fourth gear, if Cavan had to cut out the mistakes, like a lot of those times, Mickey Hannon pointed out to me at half time, whatever there was four or five points between the teams, Cavan had taken the ball into the tackle a couple of times in good scoring chances yes. for themselves, and it, it was turned over and Dublin went down and scored. That was a four four point swing. Mm-hmm. There could have been there could have been a draw game, you know. So you're you're dead right there. And a couple of the mistakes, like Killian the Gunner kicked away a bad ball. Now McDermott kicked away a couple of super balls. Nerves as well, like. But you know we can't have that going forward if they're gonna if they're gonna hope to to compete at this at this level. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, look at the game is this Sunday at two o'clock in Castle Blaney. Um, it's it's actually a wonderful stand and wonderful facility there. I have to say, you will enjoy it. But get there earlier. I'd say I'd advise people to get their tickets bought in the local Super Value. Um, a, a quick side note: the seats that are in the the Blaney Castle Blaney stand, the new part of the stand, were bought out of Old Trafford when they were demolishing part of the stadium. So that's far. That's far, they're foreign seats. I'm not sitting on foreign them. seats. You wouldn't sit on them, is right. But uh, look at get in, get in as early as you can. Get out and support Cavan. They're going to need your support this coming Sunday to beat Monaghan. The local neighbours, the Farney Army, will be out in in colour. So make sure the the boys in blue are are backed by every single one of the Cavan supporters. Thanks to Declan Bogue from the Irish Independent and the Belfast Telegraph and to Shane Duffy for their contribution and of course to Paul Fitzpatrick who's always so accommodating with his time here for the We Are Cavan podcast. Hope you enjoyed your time listening to us and thanks again to the sponsors McAvoy Supervalue in Virginia. Looking for somewhere for a post-match point to catch up on the crack and discuss the game? Why not call into Michael Mooney at the Sleeve Rossa Bar, College Street in Cavan Town. The Sleeve Ross is famed for its warm, friendly atmosphere and great points. So drop into Michael and staff today. You won't be disappointed.